And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. And thank you very much for listening. 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. You can find out more about me on the socials at Dan Mandis Show, particularly on Facebook and Twitter as well. I host a morning show, 6 to 10 Eastern, on Super Talk 99.7 WTN in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to check that out, please do, 99.7 WTN.com. And Gary and Eric, they will be returning Sunday night, Monday morning. So one of the things that I, I find fascinating about the Biden administration and about uh, President Biden is that he just he says some of the darndest things. And and the media will just completely back him when he says some of the darndest things. And and part of what I think is going on clearly is the president. And we did touch on this last night. The president knows or maybe he doesn't know. Do you think Biden knows how there's a lot of things going wrong in this country? I mean, last night we broke down the whole thing regarding Bidenomics. But the reality is that we currently have a president who could be so disconnected from reality that he may not actually know how much the American people are suffering or how America itself has lost standing around the world. It is possible that Biden actually has no clue, either because his inner circle is so incredibly tight that nobody wants to break the bad news or... It's because of his cognitive decline. But anyway, the other day he was uh, speaking to the teachers union and he said something that I heard it. And I thought, does does he really believe this? I I want you to listen close. We've come out of every crisis, unlike any other nation in the world today. We've come out of every crisis we've faced at least in the past 247 years stronger than we entered that crisis. We're doing it again. I've never been more optimistic than I am today. I really mean it. Never been more optimistic. There's so much we can do. We're on the edge, and the American people are figuring out what the other team's talking about, and they don't like it. So, so number one, he says the American people are finding out what the other team 
is talking about and they don't like it. You know, that's awfully rich coming from a guy whose approval ratings, they're just in the tank. They're in the toilet. There's been yet another poll out there that is very bad news for Joe Biden. Very good news, by the way, for Donald Trump. We'll get into that. But it it is fascinating that, that he is saying Biden is saying, oh, we're coming out of covid and things are just spectacular. Things are just great. And so he is in the middle of a conversation to the teachers union. Now, I believe that that's important because Biden, you know, he's saying this realize just so you folks know, and I'm sure that a lot of you folks do know that during covid, let's not forget that the teachers union leveraged the lockdowns and covid for political demands And overall, the National Teachers Union got one hundred and ninety billion dollars out of the deal. One hundred ninety billion dollars. And so ultimately what the teachers union did was they did politicize covid. They did hold America's kids hostage and they refused to go back to work in some districts, in some states. They refused to go back to work until they got the shakedown money from the federal government. Meantime, a lot of these big city schools remember the conversation about Chicago, about how the teachers union there, I think Los Angeles as well, where the the teachers refused to go back to school. They refused to go back to work until they got what they wanted. And oftentimes it was, you know, political demands or, again, demands for more money. And all the while, the kids and their learning and socialization suffered. And that suffering does continue today. So when Biden says, oh, yeah, things are going great and we're coming out of this stronger than ever. Well, I would like to know who he's talking about. Because there is still an astronomical number of students and Americans who are having a hard time these days. There is a story out a few months ago about the Michigan Education Association. After they allegedly applied for, listen to this, $12.5 million. And again, this is the Michigan Michigan Education Association. They applied for $12.5 million in federal loans that they knew that they were not eligible for. And they got the money. Now, they got busted for it. They had to return the money, but they also knew that it was wrong. Real Clear Investigations also found that school districts across the country got billions of dollars. $190 billion, what I just mentioned. You know what they did with the money? They raised teacher salaries. They sweetened union benefits packages. Some of these folks bought cars. Other schools built theaters and sports facilities and the like. So the districts, they get $190 billion and they spent a bunch of money on stuff that is clearly non-COVID expenditures. So when Biden says... We're doing it again. We're doing it again. What exactly is it that we're doing again, Joe? Because it seems to me like what happened is the schools and the unions got one hundred ninety billion dollars and they didn't spend it 
on COVID stuff. We're doing it again. Well, we're really not, actually, when he says we're recovering faster and better than we were before. No. When he says we're doing it again, does he mean taking advantage of the American people in a crisis? Perhaps. And when he talks about how he is just so incredibly optimistic that we're coming out of COVID stronger, I'd like the president to consider this headline. The pandemic has had devastating impacts on learning. What will it take to help students catch up? And this was a Brookings Institute article from a while back. And I know that you know what the story is. The bottom line is kids are still suffering regarding COVID, whether it is, you know, the mental anguish, the the psychological issues that they have, you know, form of COVID, COVID PTSD. But kids are still carrying the psychological scars today. Let alone talking about the whole learning situation. So Biden says, you know, we're coming out of this better and faster and stronger. No, we're not. I think that he's trying to convince the American people of all of this. I think perhaps when he's talking to the teachers union, the fact that they got one hundred ninety billion dollars out of the deal after they politicized the whole situation. uh, Yeah, they may be coming out of this stronger and better. But our kids haven't. By and large, the American people haven't. And I'm going to tell you what won't help these kids. The vehicles and the bleachers and the sweetened benefits and the sports facilities and the theaters that some of these schools built and bought with that COVID money, which had nothing to do with COVID. That's not going to help these kids get back on track. Math and reading scores have plummeted nationwide. Yet somehow, again, Joe Biden seems to think, and I don't understand how, that everything is okay. We're doing it again. No, we're not doing it again. There is zero doubt the impact of COVID is still being felt for many people, including kids. You've got math and reading scores again. They have continued to plummet. Now, maybe there's some improvement in in some areas, But by and large, my question would be this. Is Joe Biden in this speech? Because apparently Jill is out there now on the campaign trail and they are trying to brand Biden as the education president. Well, I don't see how that's possible. But if he wants to hitch his wagon to that, go right on ahead. Maybe what they mean by that is that $190 billion that the teachers uh, unions got. But here's the problem. The problem with Biden out there is saying that everything is great and peachy keen and we're we're all just basically recovered from covid is, is simply not the case. And so, as I said, it's like he's he's trying to take credit for a recovery that hasn't really happened. I mean, overall, we have massive mental health issues in this country. This is from northeastern.edu. A new study reveals the extent of mental health toll during COVID-19 and how it actually continues. They say researchers, and I'm not going to bore you with all of this, but researchers with the COVID States Project, which is a multi-university consortium of researchers, found that, among other things, 
reported rates of depression among adults were three times higher than the national data collected from 2013 to 2016 and were far higher among younger people, by the way. So the bottom line is they look at the the mental health issues, the rates of depression from 2013 to 2016, and they were a lot lower than they are now. Currently, today, even though we're well and done with the COVID lockdowns and everything else, people are still very slowly recovering from the lockdowns and the pandemic and losing their jobs, losing loved ones. Many people lost their life savings because of Biden's vaccine mandates. They lost their careers. So there's a lot to talk about when Biden is out there and he's giving these because make no mistake, this little speech that Biden gave to the teachers union. This is not an accident. This is part of what Joe Biden is going to be running on heading into 2024. We've come out of every crisis, unlike any other nation in the world today. We've come out of every crisis we've faced at least in the past 247 years stronger than we entered that crisis. We're doing it again. I've never been more optimistic than I am today. I really mean it. Never been more optimistic. There's so much we can do. We're on the edge and the American people are figuring out what the other team's talking about. And they don't like it. Well, I would have to tell Joe Biden that um, I hate to tell him this. Actually, I'd love to tell him this, that um, when he says that the American people are finding out what the other team is talking about and they don't like it. Somebody needs to clue in Joe Biden on the polling that just came out today. I've got the details straight ahead. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. On a hot summer day, the last thing you want to feel is a blast of warm air when you turn on your air conditioning. A malfunctioning AC system will leave you uncomfortably shifting in your seat, not to mention it can affect the safety and performance of your entire vehicle and your productivity. When issues with your AC system begin to occur internally, your truck will give you some warning signs. Those include a noisy compressor and a lack of water dripping from the cab drain tube while your AC is running. If you experience either of these warning signs, you should have your AC system inspected by a professional technician immediately. Listen to your truck and invest the time now to avoid spending more time in the shop later on. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price 
you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. Appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. So the uh, president said this uh, here in the last couple of days uh, regarding uh, life in America. We've come out of every crisis, unlike any other nation in the world today. We've come out of every crisis we've faced at least in the past two hundred forty seven years stronger. And we entered that crisis. We're doing it again. I've never been more optimistic than I am today. I... Yeah, the president's saying, I've never been more optimistic than I am today. I've never been more optimistic than I am today. I re- well, I, I don't think they uh, have told him the latest polling. This is the headline from the Daily Mail and others. Apparently, uh, Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden in some of the uh, swing states that are out there. That, that is the headline. Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden in some key, they say, swing states ahead of the 2024 presidential election, according to a new opinion poll amid fresh doubts about the incumbent's fitness for office. The voter survey conducted by Echelon Insights found that 48 percent of swing state voters would back the 77 year old Donald Trump over Joe Biden. See, that doesn't really surprise me. One of the things that they say, though, and and I, I would disagree with this. One of the things that they say is that people are concerned about Joe Biden's age and his mental acuity and so forth. And, and, and I do understand that. But I think that there's other things that are going on, too. I, I think that, you know, Joe Biden, he's got a lot of flaws. And so when he says and the American people are figuring out what the other team's talking about. And they don't like it. I I think that um, the American people have figured out, Joe, what you are talking about when we can actually understand you. And we don't like what you're saying, because most of the time what Joe Biden is saying is actually a complete and utter lie. And the American people are figuring out what the other team's talking about and they don't like it. I mean, do, do I need to even go down the road of Bidenomics? I mean, we, we talked about that quite a bit last night, so I don't really want to go down that road again. But every time you turn around, Joe Biden is telling some sort of a falsehood or, or some sort of a lie. But it is, it, it is fascinating because they, they talk about what is going on with Joe Biden. They're talking about what is going on with Donald Trump. Part of the issue that Biden has, and listen, I know, friends, we are way, way away from uh, way ahead of the 
uh, ultimately the general election. First of all, we've got to get through a primary and we'll even see if Joe Biden is at the head of the ticket for the Democrats. We don't even know if that's where uh, he's going to be. Because with all of this stuff swirling around, I think part of what's going on with Biden is, is people are perhaps realizing that he is corrupt as all get out. But there's some spoilers as well. And they talk about this Cornell West. They say he is a left wing academic who has declared his intention to run for the White House. And he is currently picking up three percent. Well, if Cornell has three uh, percent and you've got Biden behind Trump by one percent, well, then that means that Cornell West is very much and primed to be a spoiler. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with RFK Jr. If he ends up running as an independent, we really have no idea what is ahead uh, for the next uh, 15, 16, 17 months. But West says that he will guarantee good wages and education for all while ending poverty across America. Well, that sounds pretty basic. That sounds pretty basic. Kind of sounds like socialism, guaranteeing good wages for everyone, but whatever. Uh, third candidates, they say, can be potential spoilers in U.S. presidential elections, such as, of course, the Green Party's leader, Jill Stein, who ran against uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. But you see what they don't talk about here, so I will, is that let's also not forget that there are some or could be some Republican or conservative spoilers as uh, well. There very well could be. So, again, polls, as I said last night, polls don't mean anything, especially where we are right now. And we've seen polling that is so incredibly wrong. But they also show, because remember, I was just telling you about swing states. They also show in a straight head-to-head nationwide poll, they found that Biden is just ahead of Donald Trump, 45 to 44%. Mm -mm -mm. Got a lot more on this and uh, your calls as well. Coming up next, 866-907-3339. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. It is interesting, too, when you talk about the polling. Because Joe Biden. I was just if you're just joining us, I find the polling and I again, I know we're a long way off, but I do find the polling interesting. There's new polling out there if you're just joining us where 
Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden in a general election uh, in the swing states. And so obviously that's huge because oftentimes the swing states, those are the states where elections are won and lost. And so you have that story coupled with another story that shows that that Biden is beating Donald Trump, but only by one percentage point in a straight head to head nationwide poll, 45 to 44 percent. Now, I do understand all of these polls have their own nuances, and I I, I don't want to go on and on about the minutia of the numbers. But when you look at it from this perspective, Joe Biden, even with the DOJ and the media protecting him, he is still falling in poll after poll. I mean, what did what did we have last night? There was polling that came out over the Fourth uh, of July holiday, where Biden had had fallen yet again. Even with all of the, I, I call on my local show in, on on WTN in Nashville. You can listen ninety nine seven WTN dot com. I do the morning show there, six to ten Eastern. And I call Biden a number of different things. But one of the things that I call him is bubble wrap Biden. Do you know why I call bubble call him bubble wrap Biden? I mean, there, there's a number of different meanings. Number one is because you've got to wrap the dude in bubble wrap because he's always falling down. That's number one. But number two, I call him bubble wrap Biden because it's like you've got the media and, and you've got, uh, you know, the DOJ and all these folks like Merrick Garland, and they are protecting Joe Biden at all costs. And so even with all that, you know, layer after layer of bubble wrap, even with all of that protection from the DOJ and the media, he is still falling poll after poll. Donald Trump, though, even with the media hating him, And targeting him and the DOJ and the Democrats attacking him incessantly. Donald Trump is rising in the polls. I mean, is it isn't that interesting? I also believe and I and I've got some uh, some audio and some story on this. You know, I think that Ron DeSantis, he's. um, He's really good. But I think that the more that people are getting to know Ron DeSantis, the more people are looking at him and saying, you know what? He maybe needs a little bit more seasoning. And by the way, that there's nothing wrong with that. But for DeSantis, the numbers are falling. And for Trump, the numbers are rising, even with all of those indictments. And so one of the things that they say is for Joe Biden, they say it's all about his gaffes. It's all about the fact that the American people are are worried about his age. Well, first of all, the gaffes, it's like a daily thing because he is always gaffing. It's like one day after another. But the other part of the is is the line. We all know that the economy is, is not doing well. The media is finally beginning to report on the Biden corruption. So things are not going well for President Biden. And no matter how he tries to spin it, things are not going well for us, for the American people. This is from Newsweek. 
Biden's approval rating on Saturday, you know, last Saturday, was the lowest that the polling company, the data company, 538, has recorded since August 9th of 2022, when Biden was just 39.6. That was his approval rating, 39.6. Now, his approval rating is even lower. So that's a huge issue. They say this came shortly after Biden recorded the lowest approval rating of his presidency of just 37.4 on July 18th. However, it has made a slight recovery since Saturday with 538 recording the president's approval rating now at 40.1 percent on Monday versus a 54.5 percent disapproval. So Biden is is kind of sort of all over the place. But the problem is that no matter how high up he goes, he's still really low. And so you can't really say, well, he's he's really turning it around because he's he's clearly not turning it around. And again, part of the problem is that I believe that Joe Biden thinks that the American people, uh, he thinks that we are all stupid. Here's another uh, story out there. And yes, it is regarding polling, but it has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with what you believe is going on with our economy. This is from Breitbart, a new poll. Just three in 10 Americans believe Joe Biden's economy is good. You know, part of what's going on with Biden. I think his campaign, I just think they're not doing a very good job. I think that the people advising Biden. I think that whoever's decision it was to say, hey, Bidenomics is a good thing, which is what they're doing. Well, that's a problem. If you're literally going to attach your name to an economy, you know, like Reagan did with Reaganomics, you better make sure that the American people are benefiting from your economy. And again, according to this poll, just three in 10 Americans believe Joe Biden's economy is good. According to an AP NORC Center poll, they say this was um, recently asked, how would you describe the nation's economy these days? Only 30 percent said Biden's economy is good, while 69 percent said it was poor. One percent. You ever wonder who these people are? One percent said the economy is neither good nor poor. Who, who the hell are those people? I mean, who who doesn't have an opinion one way or the other on the economy not being good or bad? That just doesn't make any sense. But here's the other thing. When you say that only 30 percent say Biden's economy is good, that means there's a lot of Democrats who agree with the statement that the economy is poor. They say, in addition, the poll found only 34 percent approved of Biden's management of the economy. Majority, 64 percent said that they uh, did not approve. And and that's the bottom line. Again, I'm not going to, you know, talk about numbers all night, all night. I just I thought it was interesting. But there there's one there's one number out there that I think is really interesting. You know, you know what that number is? That number is 35 million. Donald Trump, 
according to the Washington Times, this is uh, trending right now. Donald Trump is going to report raising more than thirty five million dollars in the past quarter. Now, that's pretty good, don't you think? Thirty five million. They're saying this is an amazing haul for the former president. Now, you know why this is. The reason why he is raising so much money is because people know that the um, Democrats and the DOJ and the media, they're out to get him. And I've said this often during my local show, Donald Trump, the guy who was once described by the majority of the media as the ultimate bully. Is really the one that's being bullied. Former President Donald Trump's campaign saying on Wednesday that he raised more than thirty five million for his White House bid during the second fundraising quarter, nearly double what he raised during the first three months of the year. The total is the latest indication, they say, that Donald Trump is the Republican primary race's dominant front runner. And that is being indicated twice. One of the things that as you look at this and you look at Donald Trump and you look at the things that he says and you look at the things that he does in there are times when people will, you know, roll their eyes at some of the stuff that he says about the elections and so forth. That's all whatever. I mean, to me, that's all just noise right now, because as I have said, and I did mention this last night, that this is a president that has scoreboards specifically when it comes to the um, Supreme Court, which is seeing, let's face it, it is seeing a lot of uh, benefits right now. Donald Trump's Supreme Court has come back with some amazingly conservative decisions, and that is a good thing. Now, we're talking about uh, the fact that the president has been indicted twice, once in New York, once in Florida, that has only bolstered his standing among his strongest supporters and their willingness to give. The average donation to Trump's 2024 campaign now stands at $34, evidence, the campaign said, of his grassroots backing. That is absolutely right. That is absolutely right. See, I think that there's still a number of people I mean, millions of people out there that are really angry. And they're conservative and they're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. And so they're giving thirty four dollars at a time, it would appear to former President Donald Trump. And as I just stated in, in the polling in the last segment, you have all of these people out there that are saying, oh, he'll never be able to win. He can't win a general election. I've been saying for a long time, I have no idea if Donald Trump can win the general election or not. I I keep seeing polling out there that is all over the place. But according to the latest polling, head-to-head matchup, Donald Trump is but a percentage point behind Joe Biden. And when, when it comes to the swing states, Trump is actually right there. So this is, a you know, this is looking very good. For Republicans and, and for uh, Donald Trump. Got some calls I'm going to take. 86690 Red Eye is the phone number. 866-907-3339. Want to say hello to Tim, who is in New Mexico on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Tim. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead. 
Okay, I've got I got some things that you've never heard mentioned before about Trump. I mean, I did vote for him twice, but I did not vote for him in the primary. That was a no-brainer. That was Ted Cruz by a mile. And today, if I had to pick between the two, it would be by 50 miles. Okay. No contest. And um, I believe that I, I would pick Larry Elder. I would pick um, DeSantis and Tim Scott over Trump. Mm-hmm. But he's in the middle of the pack, okay? That's that's where he was before. He was my fourth or fifth, sixth choice, whatever. Wait, wait, oh, anyway, oh, 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 who's in, in the, the middle primary, of the pack? Who's in the middle it, of the pack right now? Trump is. As far as, no, no, my rankings, the way I view them. Okay? Oh, your rankings, got and it. Okay. My, okay. Yeah, that's how I see it. Well, here's the problem with Trump. He simply could not, if his life was depending on it, could not pick an attorney general. Couldn't do it. Just he didn't have the he just could not do it, and I said at the beginning I said okay, I will accept nothing less than Jay Sekulow for the Attorney General. If if we don't get him, we're doomed. What does he do? He picks Weenie Tot Jeff Sessions, <laughs> loser. Okay, what does he do? A month in there, recuses himself. Oh, so now we have no yep. Attorney General. Okay, so we go two years of that. Okay, meantime the left is building up and coordinating everything. Inside the DOJ and coordinate. We got no attorney general. Okay, then he goes and picks Doughboy Barr. Oh, right. how, how did that work out? Okay, let's take a look at the FBI. I wanted David Clark, tough guy from Milwaukee Sheriff. Real I remember man, him. macho guy. Oh, right. no, couldn't pick him. Oh, no, no. He had to go pick um, Rosen or whatever after he fired Comey. Then after that, he picked this idiot that's in there now. This guy's such a good guy for the other side that Biden kept him in there. So he could not do it. I sat and I watched the buildings burning during the summer of 2020. Portland burnt to the ground. They burnt a federal court, a federal building to the ground. Then in Minnesota, they burnt um, a police precinct to the ground. He done nowhere, nowhere to be found. Uh-uh, no, no, no show. Then they show up at the White House, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and and he's scared underneath, hunkered down over. Well, and, and and Tim, I got it. I got to run, but I I see your point. You did make some good points, and we got to run eight six six ninety Red Eye eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. Red Eye Radio, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. They do return next Sunday night and Monday morning. And coming up, a cocaine in the White House update. Wait till you hear what's going on next. It's all straight ahead on Nash on Red Eye Radio. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Unidan America Studios. 
For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. And the phone number remains 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. You can follow me on the socials at Dan Mandis Show. I do host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. And you can find that broadcast online at 99.7 WTN.com. And the guys, they return a Sunday night, Monday morning. And looking forward to that, of course. The latest on the cocaine found in the White House. The uh, I was watching the uh, White House press briefing earlier. I mean, if I was doing... You know, shots every time cringe Jean-Pierre would say, you know, the Secret Service is investigating. This is the Secret Service's purview. I mean, I would have been drunk within the first five minutes. I mean, to do a drinking drinking game with cringe Jean-Pierre, it would always be kind of fun just because you know that you'd be drunk very quickly because this is a woman who she she figures out what her talking point is and she refuses to deviate. Now, one of the things that I thought was interesting, and maybe I missed it, but now one person said, has anybody thought to uh, drug test Hunter? Now, there is a, a video going around, and I'm just going to tell you, I, I did not retweet it or anything, but there's a video out there where there are people that are saying that they swear that it is Hunter Biden doing, I guess, what's known as a bump. I've never even seen cocaine in person, but they're saying that uh, there's a video out there. And I saw the video of Hunter doing a bump uh, right there on the balcony next to his father and the children. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I don't believe that that's what Hunter was doing. If you're curious as to what I'm talking about, all you've got to do is look it up on social media. It is all over the place. I don't think that Hunter... I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I don't think that Hunter is stupid. Would he be stupid enough to do a bump in front of the cameras? And No. And by the way, a bump is like a bump of cocaine. But but I do know people. I do know people who have done cocaine. And I, I sent them the video. And they said, no, he is not doing cocaine. He's not doing a quick bump, as they would like to say. Uh, he is, you know, probably dealing with something in his nose, maybe some nose hairs, but it is abundantly clear, at least to those who know that he's not doing a bump of cocaine. I don't know. But no one there during the White House press briefing, nobody asked if uh, Hunter should be a drug tested. Now, James Comer was on Fox News. And, and by the way, you do have now uh, the Republicans calling for, you know, I, I don't know if it's an investigation into the Secret Service, but they definitely want to speak to the Secret Service because you know what? Somehow a white powdery substance ended up in um, in the White House. And that's an issue Now James Comer. Again, he was being interviewed on, on Fox News and the. Um, you know, the Comer, he is somebody who there's no other way to say it. I mean, he is neck deep in all of this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden nonsense. And so he was asked again, he was on Fox News talking about all of this. And he says, yes, we need to know how cocaine was able to get into the White House. Because, yes, 
This is clearly a national security issue. The first step is we've requested a briefing from the Secret Service and the House Oversight Committee has jurisdiction over the Secret Service. So we're expecting to be briefed on that. We have concerns about national security risks. Obviously, uh, there are you know, are, are a lot of, uh, uh, explanations uh, that, uh, that could be made for what happened there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, with all the money and all the security uh, that we have around the White House, something like this should never happen. I mean, clearly he's right. I mean, you don't know. It could have been cocaine or it could have been, you know, some other really deadly substance, which I know cocaine is deadly. Just go with me here. It could be some sort of a chemical that could cause all kinds of issues uh, there within this heavily traveled area of the White House. And so now you have, of course, uh, you know, Comer, who is uh, who is head of the House Oversight Committee, and he wants to talk to the Secret Service. Now, one of the things that I pointed out last night is how deeply will the Secret Service actually delve into this investigation? Because there's word on social media, so it perhaps may not be true, but I'm just passing this along. There are some that are saying that the Secret Service actually know that Hunter was in this particular area where it was found. But so were a bunch of other people. But it it does beg the question, who could sneak this in without being searched? Now, a lot of folks say that it is preposterous, they say, to accuse Hunter Biden of sneaking cocaine into the White House. I would say it is preposterous not to ask the question. And we're concerned about uh, the fact that the president's son, who we've said for for seven months now is a is a risk to our national security, is spending so much time in the White House. We have reports that say he's spending more time there than Joe Biden's actually spending there because we don't really know where Hunter Biden lives uh, unless he's living in, in the White House. And that's a concern because you look, go back to the laptop that they want to deny, the people that he associated himself with for a four-year time period, Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about prostitutes. You're talking about drug dealers. We have former business associates that are obviously clearly corrupt as well. So every everywhere you look. And you don't have to look too far, but everywhere you look, you've got Hunter Biden stuff out there. I mean, have you seen the photos? If you haven't. You're probably lucky. But everyone knows that Hunter has or had a problem. Now, the question is, what is the White House's reaction to all of this? Because as I've been mentioning now and everybody else did as well, you know, you you have Hunter. He is the president's son, known drug drug addict. He's been at the White House. You know, he was uh, at the White House two days before the uh, cocaine was found. And so the question is, how did this cocaine end up where it is? Now, they did speak to and they asked Corinne Jean-Pierre the question 
today during the White House press briefing. I'm not going to get into uh, specifics. All I can say is when people visit the West Wing, uh, there is uh, an air, there is the area of the West Wing where uh, it is highly uh, traveled, uh, and that is what happens. People come through this particular area. It's highly traveled. I'm just not going to get into specifics. I'm not going to get into uh, uh, not going to get ahead of the Secret Service, and so I'll let them speak to that. And and she she said that over and over and over again. And listen, I know that it's open season on cringe on Pierre. I know that it's open season on the Biden administration in fairness to cringe Jean Pierre. And that's what I call her. I don't call her Corinne or Corinne. I call her cringe. And so in fairness to cringe Jean Pierre, this is an ongoing investigation. There isn't anything that, that she can really say at this point because the White House has nothing to do, she says, has nothing to do with the investigation all i want to know is will this investigation be an investigation that is a complete investigation or is it going to be like you know the david weiss investigation out of the u.s attorney's office in delaware which really wasn't all that much of an investigation but now you've got this story out of reuters the headline cocaine found at white house The cameras and the visitor logs are now being searched by Secret Service. Now, they're describing this area as a cubbyhole in a West Wing entry area where visitors place electronics and other belongings before going on tours. A source familiar with the matter said on Wednesday. So what it sounds like to me is somebody came in. And they were going to take a White House tour and they had to take whatever it was outside, whatever it was uh, out of their pockets and put them into this cubbyhole. It's kind of like when you go on a a, a roller coaster. Right. And so if you're going on a roller coaster, you got to make sure that your keys and your sunglasses and your hat and your wallet, they don't fall out of your pocket if you're going upside down. So they've got to bunch of cubbies there and you just throw your stuff in there and hope to God that it doesn't get stolen. Well, so apparently what it what it sounds like to me is somebody came in for a tour and they pulled out their wallet and their cell phone or what have you. And they also put the cocaine in the cubby as well. So then can you imagine they come back and they're like, do I do I grab the cocaine back and put it back in my wall in, in my pocket or do I just very discreetly grab my wallet and my phone, etc. I mean, who knows? Somebody was trying to tell me today, and I didn't buy it. I'm, just, I'm telling you that I didn't buy it, but somebody was telling me today that they believe that it was a drop-off for Hunter. Now, I'm just, I don't, again, I'm not buying it because certainly Hunter knows how to get his stuff. I mean, that is abundantly clear. But I'm just going to tell you that that does sound actually very plausible is that somebody came in for a tour. They found it. Now, I, I what I can't uh, what, what, what I can't make heads or tails over what I what I can't seem to figure out is there was audio. Uh, I think it was from the Secret Service where they were talking about how they did find cocaine in the library, because remember, we talked about this yesterday where. There was a number of different locations that they were talking about. There was the library. There is a a little work area off the library. Then you had the West Wing. Well, now you have this 
this entry area, I guess, heading into the West Wing, which is ultimately where everyone landed on. But that is, of course, now the question. What are they going to find, if anything, when they look at the um, security cameras? There's more. Because they're asking uh, cringe Jean-Pierre, is there really anything that you can answer? Can you explain which which entrance we're talking I'm about? I'm going to let the Secret Service speak to that. Can you explain why you, you can't explain it? I mean, you, you described it as a heavily traveled area. I, I love that question, by the way, by by Rosen, James Rosen. I think that is. I love the question by James Rosen. Can you explain why you can't explain? Uh, can you explain why you, you can't explain it? I mean, you, you... I mean, just give us something. You're the White House press secretary. Just tell us something. Uh, can you explain why you, you can't explain it? I mean, you, you described it as a heavily traveled area. That's what the secret. I'm just saying what the Secret Service uh, said. We got this from the Secret Service. So I'm sharing a little bit more with you uh, from here. But again, it's under their purview. It's under investigation. They will they will have more specifics down the road. Uh, as they are uh, looking into this, we are confident that they will get to the bottom of this. And so I'm just going to leave it to them. And by the way, some folks are now saying, and there's an article in Politico on this, they're saying the White House cocaine culprit unlikely to be found by law enforcement. That's what they're saying. I'll give you details next. 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mandison for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are paid for loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays, also the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations, yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday, which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle, so-called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, to improve negotiation strength. Stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. It's interesting. I'm, I'm reading, of course, all about <clears throat> the situation with the cocaine in the White House. And I do find it fascinating. I'm going to play for you James Comer once again, what he has to say about the cocaine being found in the White House and the investigation they want to do. The first step is we've requested a briefing from the Secret Service since the House Oversight Committee has jurisdiction over the Secret Service. So we're expecting to be briefed on that. We have concerns about national security risks. Obviously, uh, there you know, are, are a lot of uh, uh, explanations that uh, that could be made for what happened there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, with all the money and all the security that we have around the White House, something like this should never happen. You know what's fascinating about this? I'm reading about all of this. Did you know, and maybe it's just my naivete, 
Possession of cocaine in Washington, D.C. is a misdemeanor. Is it a misdemeanor where you live? I'm going to have to. I just saw this as I was coming back on the air. And I find it interesting. Because I used to think that cocaine was a pretty big deal. I mean, didn't you think cocaine was a big deal? I remember when I was growing up. And I'm 55 now. But when I was growing up, man, cocaine? That was a terrible drug. Well, now in Washington, D.C., I guess, again, I don't even know what it is in in my town in in Nashville, Tennessee. But they do say in uh, Washington, D.C., it is indeed a misdemeanor. They say it is classified as a Schedule II drug under the U.S. Controlled Substance Act, and it is a misdemeanor in Washington, D.C. But the bottom line is what they're saying is that we may never know How this cocaine ended up in the White House, that is part of the conversation uh, this afternoon and this evening. This story was just published uh, here a few hours ago. Cocaine found at the White House, cameras, visitor logs being searched by the Secret Service. However, there are some that are saying that we may never know uh, who brought that cocaine into uh, into the White House. But one of the things as you look at all of this, you think, good Lord. All these things that are going on at the White House because you had, you know, that that drag event where you had all of these, you know, naked uh, drag queens or kings or whatever it is. And, and they're running around and, and frolicking at the White House. And so that was going on. And then, of course, you have now the cocaine at the White House. And so most folks are looking at it at the White House and, and the, the Biden administration. We had that uh, story the other day. I think it was yesterday where there's a lot less confidence in our American government than there was, you know, in the past several years or months or decades. Well, gee, I wonder why. Because we have all of this craziness going on right now at uh, the White House. And as James Comer was saying, you know, it's almost going to be a full-time job now for some poor Secret Service person who it's going to be their job to follow Hunter around. And by the way, part of what they're saying, just so you know, and if you know this and you're screaming at the radio, I know. They're saying that one of the reasons why Hunter is staying at the White House is because there is a worry that he may relapse because he's got all kinds of attention on him right now and all kinds of pressure as well. I mean, in the the news, even today. Somebody asked uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre if the uh, you know, if there was going to be an official acknowledgement of Hunter's. daughter with uh, the stripper and will joe biden the president actually acknowledge the child and you know what she said you know what cringe on pierce said she said that she basically had no comment and so how sad is that how sad is that for the little girl how sad is that that we've got a president that has to deal with his wayward son's constant mistakes in life But Joe Biden is the one that that set Hunter up to fail, because as a parent, it is abundantly clear that Hunter Biden has never really faced any sort of responsibility or accountability. That's on Joe. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. One. 866-907-3339, 866-907-3339, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 
Thanks very much for being here. I host a morning show, 6 to 10 Eastern, on Super Talk 99.7 WTN here in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I am. And, you know, it's interesting living in the great state of Tennessee, and I know that there are people listening all across America who live in fantastic smaller cities. And I guess part of my question would be, because I also know that there's people that are listening that live in really big cities. I mean, just last night, I got to speak to people from Los Angeles and Chicago and, I don't know, some some of these other major cities across America. And every single time that I travel to one of those bigger cities, I thank my lucky stars that I live in a city that is, quite frankly, or at least in a state, that is run by Republicans. But, you know, when you read these stories and I just I I feel on the one hand, as I think we talked about this last night, on the one hand, I, I do feel sorry for some of these folks that live in some of these Democrat run cities. But as people often say, elections and votes have consequences. And so and I and I can't remember if I said this on my local show or last night on Red Eye Radio, but. You know, one of the things that, that I thought was really um, funny in a kind of morbidly curi- curious kind of way, where you had all of these people in Chicago screaming at the authorities there in Chicago for allowing all of these uh, migrants, all of these illegal aliens to come to uh, their neighborhood in the south side of Chicago. And they were just screaming bloody murder. Are you kidding? We can't have all of these migrants here. And then conservatives started raising their hands, and I was one of them. And I said, well, I'm a little confused because you voted for progressive rule. And when you vote for progressive rule, hey, guess what? When you vote for progressives, you're going to get that kind of, that kind of legislation, that kind of culture. Now, in some states and in some cities, it's not as bad as other states. I think, you know, here in Nashville, which is one of the it cities, we got a lot of people moving here. You know what? I just I was just talking to somebody who moved to um, Middle Tennessee from a bigger city. And she was telling me that it is like night and day, just the culture, even Nashville itself, even though it's run by a bunch of uh, progressives, ultimately the the state uh, legislature and the governor, you know, both Republican, everybody by and large is able to, you know, work at least kind of sort of somewhat cohesively. But man, when you have nothing but progressive rule, that's where bad things happen. And we know what happens in places like Chicago. We know what happens in places like Washington, D.C., and we know what happens in places like uh, New York. Now, I got to tell you that the more that we we look at some of these stories that we cover on a a daily basis here in in talk radio, you know, it's interesting because people say, well, talk radio, you know, it's so full of bad news. That's what they say. I need to I need to sometimes just take a breather. You know, wouldn't it be nice to just take a breather from all of the stuff that we have to deal with on a daily basis that 
the president and his uh, you know folks in the in the House of Representatives and the Senate, the Democrats, that they you know force us to deal with every single day. You know, earlier in the in the program, I was talking to you and I and I was sharing you some audio uh, that that uh, the president had given a speech to the teachers' union, and he was trying to somehow make the point that things were going really well, when in reality they're really not. And so I think part of what's going on with Joe is that he's trying to take the the collective eye of the American people off the ball of, you know, Hunter and Joe's corruption, because that does continue to be a very major conversation across America. And I know that there's a lot of people talking about the cocaine. There's a lot of people talking about, you know, what's going on with a Donald Trump and the indictments and so forth. But the story of Hunter and Joe's corruption, I really don't think that it's going away. It's certainly not going away anytime soon. And I think that is Part of why we're seeing Joe's numbers go down is because of all of that. Now, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, this is one of my favorite senators. I'm one of those nerds that actually has favorite senators. Ted Cruz is one. John Kennedy is another. Well, he was on Fox News earlier today, and he was talking about how oftentimes, you people know this, Oftentimes, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. And he does take note that in this particular situation with Hunter and Joe, it is abundantly clear that while the corruption is indeed really bad, the cover-up could be even worse. I guess I'd make two points. Number one, it's almost always the cover-up and not the crime. And, And number two, I'm repeatedly amazed at how many... Smart people there are in Washington, D.C. who have no sense. Look, I I don't know if Mr. Hunter Biden committed a crime. I I sure don't know if President Biden committed a crime. We're trying to get get the facts. But but I do know this, and I think the American people can see it. The the Washington managerial elite, the establishment, if you will, is um, is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever happened. And that's all that Congress is asking for is the facts. Yeah. Yeah, he's listen, he's right. I mean, how long have they been trying to get their hands? The Republicans trying to get their hands on the 1023. I love that working harder than an ugly stripper. Here's more from Kennedy. You know, when when you look at all of these allegations and, yes, the cover-up, it, it does look really bad from the DOJ to the White House and, of course, to the media as well. And so when he says we just want the facts, well, that is all we want. And when I say we, I mean collectively those of us who are really interested in politics and the future of our country. And so part of what Kennedy said is that you just look at this whole Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden situation with some more common sense. And you see this whole narrative the Democrats are attempting is almost insulting to the American people. And he lays it out really well. You also have to have the documents and you have to have the emails and you have to have the, the taped Telephone conversations. And that's what the House is trying to get. I mean, it started with Hunter Biden's laptop. They tried to 
convince the American people that it wasn't real. Yep. And it was. And I think many people in the federal government knew almost from the ins- the uh, the uh, inception that it was real. Senator, and so do, do a lot you of folks think, lied to the American yeah. people. Do you think there's obstruction here? It sure looks like it. I mean, it does seem like it to me as well. You know, one of the many angles to this story, because th- there's a lot of angles. And one of the many angles to this story is the IRS whistleblower, the retaliation. That's where the because, again, Kennedy was on Fox News and he was asked, does this look like, you know, retaliation? And does this look like obstruction? Well, if you've got and and I'll just say this, if you've got IRS agents that have been working on this Hunter case for like five years and they realize that their investigation, even though they're uncovering all this stuff, it's going nowhere. And then they call out the invest the investigation as going nowhere and then they're removed from the case. Yes, that does look like retaliation. It also could look like obstruction. I mean, I'll leave it to Senator Kennedy to, you know, really clearly define what exactly he means by obstruction. But if you've got a bunch of people that are saying that Hunter Biden did something wrong and then they're calling out the fact that they're not able to do their jobs and they're being you know, blocked at every turn and then they go public with their concerns and then they're kicked off of the job, they're kicked off of the case. You're damn right that looks like obstruction and you're damn right that does look like retaliation. So that's a very big deal. And so now the Republicans are calling for an investigation into all of this. A a few hours ago, just before we came on the air here at Red Eye Radio, the Republicans released a statement. Here's what they said. The Department of Justice, the DOJ, this is a quote, the Department of Justice and the Internal Revenue Service have reportedly engaged in unlawful whistleblower retaliation against veteran IRS employees. Multiple news reports indicate that the whistleblower and the investigative team were removed from the Hunter Biden investigation by the IRS. Yes, by the IRS at the DOJ's request as retaliation for making protected whistleblower disclosures to Congress. So it is interesting because remember what President Biden has always maintained. That he never spoke to his son about his business dealings overseas, which did anybody really believe that? Of course not. Then, of course, the evidence starts coming out. The voicemail of Biden talking to Joe talking. uh, It was uh, the voicemail of Joe Biden. He was leaving a message to Hunter Biden about how it seemed like uh, Hunter was in the clear regarding that New York Times article on Hunter's business dealings. The information on the laptop where the big guy gets 10 percent. The big guy being, of course, I think everybody knows Joe Biden. The witnesses like Tony Bobulinski saying not only did Joe talk to Hunter about all of this, but the Joe was actually a business partner, a participant in the whole thing as well. This influence peddling scheme. There was, of course, Jones, Joe's own bragging. 
about having that Ukrainian prosecutor fired that was investigating Burisma, the oligarch. Remember this, the oligarch involved in all that Burisma business himself says that Joe Biden was involved. I mean, look, I don't mean to go on and on about this stuff, but, you know, it is really important. Here's a one more soundbite from Senator Kennedy. I mean, just look at this from 35,000 feet. Let's suppose you're you're an important government official and very powerful. And, and your grown kid comes home one day and says, Dad, good news. A bunch of Russian companies and Chinese companies and Romanian companies and Ukrainian companies have just hired me. They're giving me millions of dollars to give them advice about stuff I don't know anything about. Yep. Now, what, what are you going to do as a, as a responsible government official? You're not going to say, don't tell me anything about it, but be sure and share some with your sister. You're going, you're going to try to find out what's going on. And the White House's story is that the president knew nothing about any of this. And, I mean, it just doesn't pass the smell test. No, it doesn't, clearly. 866-907-3339. 90 red eye Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. My name is Dan Mandis, In for Gary and Eric, they do return uh, next Sunday night, Monday morning. You can find out more about me on the socials, Dan Mandis Show on Twitter and Facebook. I host a morning show, uh, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern here in Nashville, Super Talk 99.7 WTN. If you'd like to listen, you can, 99.7 WTN.com. We still have a long ways to go. Ron DeSantis, he is in the news for all the wrong reasons. And I'm going to get into some audio that I think is interesting from none other than Mike Huckabee. And he's got some thoughts on the Florida governor and his chances and perhaps what he needs to do next. Because as I've been telling you, DeSantis, his polling is down. And then he comes out with what some people are calling uh, an anti-gay campaign videos. Other people are calling it just strangely bizarre. I- I've seen it. I've got some thoughts uh, coming up next because for DeSantis, he is really at that point now where he needs to either get off the campaign trail and regroup or he needs to just decide what is next for his campaign because currently what he's doing is not working. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, 
For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, gosh, so much that I want to get to in this hour of the radio program. You can always uh, find me, by the way, on the socials, Dan Mandis Show, and uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and um, Instagram as well, if you are on Instagram. But I, I got to tell you that I'm this ad that DeSantis has, uh, Ron DeSantis, he, I guess, his uh, his team tweeted out this ad and and the point that they're trying to make some people are calling it homoerotic now i'm just going to tell you i don't really even know what the hell that means but what i will say is this is that it this ad may have done more to damage desantis than to help his campaign now i'm going to play you the audio and i'm going to kind of tell you exactly what's going on if you want to follow along all you've got to do is I, I should have tweeted this out, but I didn't. But if you want to follow along, the uh, video is everywhere. Just, uh, you know, just Google uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, gay ad or something to that effect. And, and what he's doing in this ad is they're attacking Donald Trump. And the reason why they're attacking Donald Trump, and you'll hear the audio in a second, is because he's saying, you know, <clears throat> yes, I would allow Caitlyn Jenner to use any bathroom he wanted to if, if she walked into Trump Tower or I would let a a, a, a male, you know, be on the uh, Miss, what is it, universe pageant, whatever it is. And, and he says, yes, I, I would. But see, I, I think where DeSantis is missing the point is that there is a, a to me anyway, there is a difference between, you know, bathrooms and what's happening with these kids these days, these days who are having, you know, surgery, they're going through puberty blockers, you know, genital mutilation and, and all of that kind of stuff. The, the transgender activist movement that Gary and Eric, uh, Gary and Eric talk about uh, all the time. But see, when they talk about Caitlyn Jenner using a bathroom, you know, he's... As a as a female male, if you want to call him a female, fine. He's going to want to use the women's room. But see, I think that there there's a situation going on in America today in 2023 where there are a lot of sad and bizarre stories of things that are happening in women's bathroom as some of these guys are walking into as they identify as females and they walk into those bathrooms and it is, you know, horrifying girls. It's like the story about Riley Gaines, where she, you know, swimmer and a collegiate swimmer. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got Riley Gaines and a bunch of females. And then in comes, uh, you know, the, the male swimmer. And uh, he's getting undressed and putting on that uh, bathing suit. And they're all just looking at each other like, what the hell is this? And so I think that when you listen to this audio that I'm going to play right now, when you listen to this audio, number one, it's being called homoerotic. And number two, it's being called just plain bizarre. And I will tell you that it it does seem a little bizarre to me because the point could have been made without the blaring music. You're going to hear music. And to to me, it sounds like this is the kind of music 
that you hear in like, I don't know, a gay bar in some district somewhere. I mean, it's what it sounds like to me. I've never been in a in an environment like that, but that's what it sounds like. So so let me play this for you. By the way, I've edited out some of the things, uh, some of the audio because it was nothing but music, but it had all kinds of uh, newspaper headlines where DeSantis, you know, he's uh, outlawed, you know, transgender surgeries and puberty blockers and, you know, some of that stuff in, in Florida. He's been very aggressive against the transgender activist movement. So here's the, uh, without any further ado, uh, here is the ad from uh, Ron DeSantis that uh, they tweeted out and uh, they're attacking Donald Trump. I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens. If Caitlyn Jenner were to walk into Trump Tower and want to use the bathroom, you would be fine with her using any bathroom she chooses. That is correct. In the future, can transgender women compete in this universe? Yes. Make America great again. I cannot think of anything more horrifying. It really has shut down drag. Just produced some of the harshest, most draconian laws. And they're talking about Ron DeSantis and what he's done in Florida. That literally threatened trans existence. Congratulations, Ron DeSantis. Mission accomplished. You win. And so they've got all of these, uh, you know, images of not only, you know, a very, um, no other way to say it, masculine Ron DeSantis, you know, walking around, he's in his military uniform, and and you've also got uh, it's just movie character. It's just weird. I'm just going to tell you the same message. The same message could have been delivered in a video produced in a different way, and it would have, in my opinion, landed more effectively. But see, here's the thing: is that when when it comes to to Donald Trump. You know, how does he really feel about, uh, you know, the whole transgender movement? Donald Trump has come out and he has said that he does not support gender affirming care. Donald Trump has come out and said that he would, you know, go after those uh, medical professionals who would be providing that kind of care to minors. And so to me, there is a difference, and I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, there is clearly a difference between the transgender activist movement and something as very simple as gay rights. Because gay rights means nobody gets discriminated against. The transgender activist movement means, you know, what is a woman? They can't figure out what the hell a woman is. Uh, They... They want, you know, 14, 15 year olds to be able to take puberty blockers. And if you don't like that, then you're somehow, you know, transphobic and uh, you want these kids to have, you know, gender mutilating surgery. You know, and if you don't approve of that, you're transphobic. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. I just think they ought to wait till they're past the age of 18. And that's it. And so there's a lot of gray area within this ad. Now, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that Ron DeSantis in Florida, he has been engaged in a battle against the woke and a battle against the the transgender activist movement. I mean, it has been gloves off 
uh, bare knuckles. That's what's been going on in the state of Florida. And, and I believe that if, if you look at what, you know, Trump is, uh, you know, Trump would do, has done, a lot of the stuff would be comparable as to how he would uh, how he would run the country and his 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 beliefs if he was president again. Because remember, when he was out of office in 2020, th- this movement wasn't nearly as, quite frankly, disturbing as it is now. And so there's a lot of people in the gay community, and I know this because I've heard from them. And they tell me, uh, no, they don't like the trans, uh, the transgender activist movement. They, they don't like it at all. And they want them actually removed from the whole LGBTQ. They want the T out of there. Because they feel that that has just simply gotten out of control. Now, the, the question that, that Donald Trump needs to be asked and he, this is why I think he needs to debate, is, okay, so how do you feel about the Riley Gaines situation where you have, you know, Riley Gaines and there's other swimmers as well, and there's, there's bicyclists and, and other folks as well who are female athletes, and then you have these guys that come in and they identify as women, and then they play on or in their leagues, the, the leagues for the women, and they take all the scholarships. They take all the prize money. They injure the females. And so my question to Donald Trump, the, the, the next logical question is, OK, if you're going to allow a man uh, who identifies as a woman to participate in the Miss Universe pageant, well, then how do you feel about men who identify as women playing women's sports? Because if, if he is for that, if, if the former president is for men playing women's sports, well, then that's going to be an issue for a lot of people who are conservative. But by and large, every conservative I have ever met, and I've been a conservative for a long time, every conservative that I've ever met is all for gay rights. We want everyone to be treated equally. But that doesn't mean that somebody who is identifying as a a man who identifies as a woman can get into a kickboxing match with a woman. And take home the hundred thousand dollar prize money. But that's happening in in sports. So I don't know this whole DeSantis video, I I, I don't I I think he could have landed a better message with a, a differently produced video. But make no mistake, this is something that a lot of people are talking about. And uh, one person who was asked about all of this was Mike Huckabee, a guy who, by the way, I like to uh, quote a lot because I think he's to be respected. And and even he said, yeah, this uh, feels a little weird. I don't think DeSantis is homophobic, but it probably wasn't the best idea for an ad, in part because you win elections when you add people to your voting rolls. You don't win elections when you keep subtracting them. Uh, there, there are people who don't necessarily agree with the idea of some of the agenda of the more radical versions of LGBTQIA+, however many letters we have now in the alphabet for it. But the fact is, there are many people uh, in that community who are conservative and vote Republican. You want those voters. And just in the same way that Donald Trump 
uh, was very clear in saying he would protect Christian voters, pro-life voters, and he did. I think what he's saying is that he wants to protect the rights of every American citizen to do the life they want to do, to live like they want to live, as long as it doesn't interfere and disrupt someone else. And see, that last part is the most important part. And that is as long as as it doesn't impact someone else's ability to compete, somebody else's ability to make a living. And so on, as as long as it doesn't uh, interfere with someone's, quite frankly, their safety. And so, as usual, Governor Mike Huckabee is absolutely spot on. And they asked about DeSantis and this this strategy, because most folks are looking at this ad and they're saying that this was this was a strategical error. This was a strategy error because, again, most folks who are looking at this video are are saying that uh, it, it at the very least opens up DeSantis to a lot of criticism in an election where you do need to open up to everyone. It does not mean compromise your values. It is clear that, you know, most of these folks that are involved in the transgender activist community are not going to vote for Ron DeSantis. But there's a lot of Christian conservatives, a lot of conservatives who are gay, who look at that video and they did find it offensive. And so the big question is, was this a misstep? Was this a misstep for Ron DeSantis? Again, we have more from Mike Huckabee. Well, the poll numbers don't indicate that he's uh, rising. It really indicates that at best he's in a stall. And in some polls, he's, he's actually falling. And some of the other candidates are getting more attention. So I'm not sure who's running his campaign and, and what their strategy is. But I would say that he probably needs to make some course corrections because at this point, he's so far behind Donald Trump. And some of the other candidates are beginning to approach his numbers. So he's no longer that uh, clear alternative to Donald Trump. He's one of several alternatives to Donald Trump to those who want one. And that's going to be a real challenge for him. It's not that he has to face uh, Donald Trump and, and fear something coming at his face. He's got to fear there's another 15 people who are going to be coming at him from his back. 866-907-3339, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE, Dan Madison for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls, 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Hey, by the way, real quickly, because we're talking about um, this uh, ad that uh, Ron DeSantis uh, tweeted, his his campaign tweeted out. And part of the monologue in the previous segment was the the president, former president, talked about how he would allow a, a transgender woman or man to compete in the Miss Universe pageant. And so then I'm, I asked the question sort of just as I'm riffing along. I'm not exactly sure how Trump feels about m- men playing in women's sports. Well, I did find, lo and behold, a, a while back, he did say that he would ban that at the federal level. So it does seem to me like like this video that was tweeted out by the DeSantis team, it it, it obfuscates 
or sort of misrepresents where Donald Trump is on all of this. Because let's face it, when when Trump said way back when, because this whole thing has been a journey, right? I mean, hasn't this whole thing been quite the process where it was just I, whenever that was 20, maybe that was 2016. I don't know when he said those comments, but things have changed a lot over the past many years. I mean, we've gone from we've gone from gay rights, which is fine. And, and I believe that all conservatives believe that gay folks should not be discriminated against. But we've gone from that. Then we go to, you know, guys who identify as a woman using women's bathrooms. Then it's women's locker rooms. Now we have these guys who are playing on female sports teams and in sports leagues, sometimes even injuring women during the game and certainly taking away prize money and scholarships and so forth. Then you start throwing in the the puberty blockers and the gender mutilation uh, surgeries. You have that. Then you have the drag queen, you know, controversy. Whereas I've said many times on the radio, I, I went most of my life without ever even having to utter the phrase drag queen. And now all of a sudden, it's like at least once or twice a week, I'm having to, I'm having to talk about drag queens. So when you talk about the things that Donald, and I'm not defending Donald Trump by any stretch of the imagination, I am a free agent. I mean, if I had Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis in front of me right now, I don't know who I would vote for. I, I, I don't. I think they both have really good things to uh, I think they both have really good things to vote on. DeSantis has done incredible things in Florida. Donald Trump has done incredible things for America. But I do believe that that video, it it, it did. I, I think it was a little unfair to Donald Trump. That's number one. And again, as I said, number two um, is just a bizarre video. Now, what I don't know and we're we're trying to figure this out is was that video actually produced by Ron DeSantis's PAC or his campaign team or was it just some independent party that um the video goes out there and it's a very pro DeSantis video and then they went ahead the DeSantis folks went ahead their rapid response people instantly and immediately retweeted that thing out and then, of course, all hell breaks loose for the DeSantis team. So th- there's a lot of, you know, sort of behind the scenes wrangling going on within the DeSantis camp, I believe, as they try to figure out how to respond now to this controversy. And we'll continue to keep you uh, updated on that story. Eight six six ninety red eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 1 866 907 3339 866 90 Red Eye. Now, 
for Gary McNamara and Eric Hartley. Here is Dan Mandis. Thank you very much. Let's say hello to Patricia calling from Washington, D.C. on uh, Red Eye Radio. Hey, Patricia, how are you? I'm good, and thank you for listening. Well, uh, he was making a business decision about hotel bathrooms, which uh, he said, Bruce Jenner could, and I'm never going to call him Catlin, could Mm -hmm. use any bathroom they wanted. But that would be separate from locker rooms. But he was also against this mandatory trans teaching from kindergarten through uh, 12th grade. So he was separating out those kind of things. And then now he'll have to address the sports thing, male and female sports. I guess you have to almost choose your um, which trans you would accept. But he did separate out the forcing every school child to learn this. Well, Trump, so as it relates to Donald Trump, he did come out and say that he would, and I did mention this in the previous segment, he did come out and say that he would uh, ban men who identify as women from playing on women's uh, sports teams. Uh, Of course, uh, that would be at the federal level. Uh, Also, he did say that he would ban, you know, puberty blockers and and, and transgender surgeries for minors. So the, the the president, former president, did come out and and say those things specifically, which is why, as I'm watching that video, it it, it was what's the best way to put this? It sort of obfuscated the truth. It, it danced around the truth of where Donald Trump, you know, really lands on some of these issues. But I mean, listen, Trump has done that to DeSantis too. I mean, this is part of what politics is. This is why. You know, you always have to be able to defend what you say, even if it's something that you said 15, 20 years ago. All of us, I think that our, you know, sometimes our opinions and the things that we may say either change or can be taken out of context. And sometimes things that we say, politicians certainly know this and so do uh, talk show hosts. Some things that we said maybe 10, 15 years ago, you know, they may have made sense at the time. But maybe they didn't age well for whatever reason. And so this is, you know, politics 101. This is part of, unfortunately, what they do. And I think this is also part of why, you know, Donald Trump, at least in, in my opinion, although some people may disagree with me, but I think that uh, the, the former president does need to start uh, thinking about debates. And should Donald Trump debate Ron DeSantis? Should Ron, Donald Trump debate uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott? Now, earlier in the broadcast, I was telling you that uh, Trump has a, a massive, and I mean a massive lead uh, within the Republican primary. I, I know that you folks listen to Red Eye Radio. A lot of you are conservatives. So you already know that. Now, Mike Huckabee, I was playing audio from him earlier. They actually asked him the question. Do you think that Donald Trump should participate in the Republican primary debates? The big question, will he show up for the debates in August? And I'm not sure he will. I'm not sure he needs to. There's no point if all he's going to be is the punching bag for the other people who qualify, which right now is only about five people. So there you go. I mean, that is uh, Mike Huckabee. And, and I I've, I keep going back and forth on on this whole thing with Uh, whether or not Trump should participate in the debates, if he is that far ahead, and and this is the common argument, right? If he is that far ahead 
then really the question is, what is uh, the point of participating in the debates? Because he's right. Huckabee is right. Where Trump is like, okay, well, I, I don't really need to do this. I'm, I'm so far ahead that I don't need to go in there and just be abused by all of these folks. And, and, and Trump would know that bottom line is everybody's going to try to get him to slip up. And quite frankly, and again, I've gone back and forth on this, but I think that Trump has earned the right not to have to debate in the primary given the polling numbers. Now, you look at Joe Biden and, and, and his polling numbers are horrific. Absolutely horrific. So I do believe if a Gavin Newsom came out and he said that he wanted to run and challenge Biden in the primary, I absolutely, which is never going to happen, by the way, but I absolutely believe that Biden should be required to uh, debate against Newsom if that happens. Because everybody knows that Joe Biden is having a terrible, and I mean a terrible time. I mean, there's just, I'm, I just popped on to uh, various websites, and, and, and there's this story. You ready for it? The headline is, how unpopular is Joe Biden? And they're talking about how they haven't seen these numbers uh, since Jimmy Carter. And let me tell you something, folks, even though that was really before my own personal political awakening, I was like, I don't know, 10 I know that he was a, a not a very popular president, Jimmy Carter. He he's uh, for some people, he's aged better than other uh, presidents. But I know during his time, he was extremely unpopular. He had the energy crisis. We had we had the Iranian hostages. The economy was not doing well. I'm, I'm sure there were other things. But bottom line is Carter was not a popular president. And so when the headline is. Uh, Joe Biden's job approval is the lowest since Jimmy Carter at uh, this stage in his presidency. That says a lot about uh, Joe Biden. Oh, this is interesting, by the way, just as I'm as I'm riffing here, the Washington Times has a story out, just goes with right along with what I was saying. Well, Gavin Newsom, or as I like to call him, Gavin Gruesome, will uh, he replace Biden as the nominee? See, there, there's a lot of like political subterfuge going on with both sides of the aisle, but particularly with the Democrats, because they know that Biden has a number of issues going on right now. I mean, if you're Joe Biden, you've got the Hunter problem. I don't need to go through that again. You, you know. So Biden has the Hunter problem. Biden has the brain problem. Biden has low polling numbers to contend with, and he's got an economy that is in the crapper. And as far as baggage from term number one, he's also got the issue with uh, the border, the wide open border, the lie that he told about those Border Patrol agents supposedly whipping those Haitians, which never happened. Did I mention the dreadful pullout of Afghanistan? So everywhere you turn when it comes to Joe Biden, the man, the politician, the father. There is one train wreck after another. So now the question is, will Gavin Newsom or as I like to say, Gavin Gruesome, 
replace Joe Biden as the Democrats presidential uh, nominee. Again, this is from the Washington Times. And they talk about what is going on with Joe Biden. And how he does have a lot of issues and how there are a lot of people talking about Joe Biden's age. It is clear, they write at the Washington Times, it is clear that with Joe Biden's age, frailty, proneness to gaffes, and the vast majority of Democratic voters hoping he does not seek a second term, the Democratic Party reluctantly supports Mr. Biden as its leader. So they say, what happens now? Is there an alternative candidate for the Democrats? And they talk about Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom. Now, the thing is, when you talk about Gavin Newsom and you talk about either Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, I mean, is there anybody from California that's listening right now on KABC that could say that California is doing well? I mean, I'm from California. I fled California. And this was, I mean, years ago. And it's only gotten worse. I mean, all you've got to do is look at cities like Los Angeles and San Francisco to realize how bad the state has become. But the big question is, if it's Newsom versus Biden, what happens? And what would the Democrat Party do? You see, I think part of what's going to happen is you're going to have the Democrats basically come to Biden, maybe go to jail. And say, there is just so much here. We do need you to step aside. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I'm going to step aside. 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED Eye. And that is where we find Edward calling from Tampa Bay, Florida. Hello, Edward. How are you? Yeah, Dan, it's good to uh, talk to you. I talked to you before. Uh, yeah, I think the president should debate. And uh, I called other stations here. And uh, what we need, what needs to happen is we need to talk more also. That's just about uh, the woke is wokeism and you know obviously this week they found cocaine in the white house but also we need to get into these other things where credit card uh debt is going up high commercial real estate because everybody's working from home you got a high crime the reason i left chicago was because of the high crime and high taxes so now i'm in tampa bay i've been here a month and i'm liking it so much better I, and i ran into a lot of new yorkers in chicago so I think so you so Edward, you, Edward, hold on. So you I think I remember your call where you and I spoke mm-hmm. and you were living in Chicago. Right. Right. And I asked you, I, I think I asked you basically, mm-hmm. why do you live in such a crap hole and why don't you move? And you said, well, as a matter of fact, and there you are in Tampa Bay. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you don't have any regrets of moving away from uh, Chicago. No, no. Um, 
I used to actually, I can tell you right now, because I'm not with them anymore. I used to work for Blue Cross of Illinois, 22 years. So now I'm just hoping to find something else. But I uh, paid the uh, house in cash. So I'm just paying utilities and Internet. Yep. I have a big reserve for what will last me a while. I have no kids. So... Yeah, well, you, I mean, you know, Edward, that's a good situation right now. Yeah, that's that's what you got to do, and, and kudos for you. And uh, so you're there in Florida now, and I'm assuming that people there in Florida really like Ron DeSantis, correct? Yeah, although, except the media, because really the media wants to see Donald Trump because that's a big ratings. Not, oh, yeah, absolutely. The, me, the media, the, the progressive yeah, media. DeSantis doesn't. Yeah, Mr. And I, I lean more towards Mr. DeSantis. I did vote for Mr. Trump twice, but uh, I'm a little bit concerned, as Mr. Gorka said in his one of his programs, that the Republican Party doesn't have a foothold in an industry other than talk radio. So this is why we need to really, especially the Republican side, they really need to focus on specific issues. It's got to be an issue-oriented campaign. Because the media is going to get into this uh, TMZ, you know, uh, yeah. Mr. Trump denied the election. Well, see, and, uh, but, 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 and, and, but hey, and, and hold on, hold on, Edward. And if 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 I mm-hmm. if I can say this, yeah, Trump, Trump, ha- it that's on Trump. Like if I loved what Tim Scott said when they were interviewing Tim Scott after he announced that he was running, they asked Scott. Okay, so what do you think about Trump and, you know, the elections stolen and all that other kind of stuff? And he said, I'm not going to talk about uh, the uh, election. I'm not going to talk about I'm going to talk about me. So if it's Donald Trump and and, and they're trying to, you know, go to Trump into going down the road of the 2020 election, Trump has so much to brag about. And it frustrates me as a as a guy who also voted for Donald Trump a couple of times. It, it does frustrate me because he's undisciplined as far as a messenger goes. Because if, if Trump just focused on his message and, and he left out the part where, you know, the election was stolen and all those kinds of things. And I, I understand that the election being stolen is, is means different things to different people. And I've gone through all of this before and I don't want to bore you with it now. But, you know, for me. If I say the election was stolen, it's about the media and, and what they did with the laptop from hell and how they tried to and they did discredit it from the mainstream media to the media to, you know, the FBI. We all know what happened heading into the election of 2020 and how if that laptop story, if the American voting public knew that that was a legitimate story because it was a a legitimate story. We would have a far different country right now. So that's what I mean when when I talk about, you know, a quote unquote stolen election. But Donald Trump needs to understand that he needs to focus on his victories, particularly the Supreme Court, because that continues to pay dividends. This is Red Eye Radio 
on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Yeah, it, it is interesting, this headline. Now, then I'm going to get your calls, uh, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. But what a bizarre story. You know, when you realize what we've gone through over the past uh, three or so years related to COVID, follow the science. What a weird headline. So the CDC has now given advice over how trans women or, or men who identify as women, but how they can safely breastfeed. But here's the problem. And, and by the way, they, they can, I guess, biologically do this. But, but here's the problem. The problem is, while they say that these transgender women can safely breastfeed, they fail to mention the health risks to the baby. So I guess it's safe for the, the trans woman, but it's not safe for the baby. Now, the reason why it's not safe for the baby is because, you know, these, these transgender women, they've gone through all kinds of, you know, chemical, hormonal treatments. And that's not good for the baby. And so scientists are actually, believe it or not, calling out the CDC and saying, no, you can't do that. It's not safe for the baby. Because if that baby is going to chest feed, as they say, it's not breastfeed, it's chest feed, apparently. If you're going to allow that baby to chest feed. All of those chemicals are are going to uh, harm or could harm that baby. And so now the headline is the CDC is accused of blurring politics and science over advice that suggests that trans women can safely breastfeed but fails to mention the health risks to the baby. Doctors telling DailyMail.com the CDC has a responsibility to disclose those health risks. They say there's no scientific consensus about a nutritional quality of the breast milk. New York City Mayor um, Eric Adams signs an executive order protecting gender-affirming care. That's another story. But here's what they say. They say U.S. health officials were criticized today, as in yesterday, for advocating that trans women can breastfeed without highlighting those health risks to the baby. Several Information pages on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website appear to endorse endorse chest feeding, a term used to describe feeding an infant milk directly from the breast by trans and they say non-binary parents. One section is titled, oh, good God. You know, can I just tell you that I hate the word equity? One section titled health Equity Considerations claims an individual does not need to have given birth to breastfeed or chest feed. Another, you know, it's, it's like the, 
the twisted progressive logic here that is quite frankly hard to follow. I mean, it, it's like trying to follow new math. Another section in a Q&A about breast surgery titled, Can Transgender Parents Who Have Had Breast Surgery Breastfeed or Chestfeed Their Infants? Says families may need help with medication to induce lactation. But doctors are telling the Daily Mail the CDC has a responsibility to disclose the lack of research and potential risks. Because I was looking this up during the top of the hour news, and there really is no information on this whatsoever. They say one of the medications used to produce milk in biological men has been linked to heart problems in babies. Well, I think we know that the progressives don't really care about babies. You know, being pro-choice and all. Uh, They claimed the agency was blurring lines between politics and science. The CDC did not respond to a request for comment from the Daily Mail. They say biological men who transition to women can produce breast milk by taking several hormone drugs that mimic the changes a woman's body undergoes during the late stages of pregnancy and shortly after the birth of a child. But one of the drugs used can pass into breast milk in small amounts and can sometimes give babies an irregular heartbeat as a result. I mean, for me, as I'm reading this, I just. I mean, if you can pass something like that on to the baby. I just it seems to me like the CDC, if they're really all about science, which apparently they're not, but if they were really all about science and and saving lives, then they would at the very least put more information up there. But that's crazy. Dr. Jane Orient, executive director of the Conservative Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, telling the Daily Mail that, quote, we have no idea what the long term effects on the child will be if a breastfeeding trans woman uses all kinds of off label hormones. She said a lot of people are pushing for off-label use as a drug, and it's become so politicized that you can do all kinds of things for a politically approved purpose. Unbelievable. The phone number is 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. To the phones we go and say hello to Jerry calling from uh, Tennessee, line two on Red Eye Radio. And, gents, if you could put Jerry on the air for me, that'd be appreciated. Jerry, go ahead. Okay, well, I'll tell you, I uh, was listening to you, and when you said you didn't know who to vote for between the two of them, it just dawned on me, why don't we have a chance to vote for both of them? To me, if I were in the position to do it, I would say, okay, let's get our two campaigns together, and we're going to support one another, and I'm going to elect uh, Trump as president. DeSantis, as vice president, give Trump's four years, give DeSantis 12, and Trump's going to focus on international problems. I'm going to focus on domestic. 
And uh, as a domestic, I'm going to be working with governors and mayors and going into the big cities and telling them exactly how we're going to change the policies to eliminate problems in education, maybe by changing uh, the Department of Education or even eliminating it and turning all of those functions back over to the states where they belong in the first place. And then how I'm going to support the states and the cities to improve their situations. And that's that's the way I would spend my time as DeSantis, working with the 50 states and supporting Trump on his international. And Trump on the international could be doing what he's best at, really, and supporting DeSantis back here. Uh, I think it makes so much sense. Well, Jerry, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, the call very much. And, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I do. But I think a, a lot of folks who are DeSantis supporters, the question would have to be asked. And, and that is, is that a smart political move for Ron DeSantis? Because let's face it, if DeSantis ultimately ends up becoming Donald Trump's running mate and, you know, that you could say that uh, that would taint Ron DeSantis, that would Uh, not be a good political decision for DeSantis, because right now he is doing great things as governor. So if he's not going to run for president, there's no real reason for him to become the vice president, because, quite frankly, he could build a better resume. In my opinion, he can build a far better resume if he is, um, you know, the the governor for the state of Florida uh, over the remainder of his term, then run for president and not simply becoming Donald Trump's vice president, because let's face it, that didn't work out real well for Mike Pence. Uh, Greg is in Chicago, line uh, three. And Greg, you're on Red Eye Radio. Thank you very much for calling. Go ahead, sir. Hi, how are you this morning? I'm good. Go ahead. I'd like to echo what uh, Edward said from Chicago. Actually, he's a a local guy who I I know over the radio pretty well. Uh, I think President Trump should absolutely, I think he has to debate. I think he has to debate for a couple of reasons. Okay, I think he has to show people and I don't know if it's possible, but he has to show people that he's um, kind of matured. Right. Uh, hey, oh, I, so, so, Greg, hey, hey, Greg, hold on. I've, OK, so you you asked this question uh, or at least you're sort of posing the question. Do you believe Donald Trump has matured? And I don't mean that in a hateful way against Trump, but I'm asking the question. Do you oh. believe that Donald Trump has matured? But I, let me let me let me correct that. Matured as a debater, he he tends to go very low at certain points. I think he needs to be a little bit more professional in his debating ability. Be less personal attack, more focusing on what he's done. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I think what I think the great thing about President Trump is, and why he has to has to uh, debate is because he's always been a fighter. Right. He's uh, that's his that's his image. You punch him, he's going to come back and hit you harder. He has to face down the bots in that debate, like Chris Christie, who's there for really, in my opinion, one reason, to blow him up. Right. But he also has to, he has to, he has to promote the fact that he had put Supreme Court justices on the bench that had done some wonderful things for our side. He also has to admit, and I don't know, I don't think he can do this, that he's made some mistakes and that he would not make the same mistakes again, especially in personal choices 
and leaving certain people in positions that they shouldn't be in for too long. But I think it's an absolute must that he has to he has to debate. As for Governor DeSantis, I don't know. I mean, he's way behind in the polls. Linking himself to Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, I think would be a bad idea. Uh, it could only hurt him in the long run. I think the best fit, the, the, the guy I personally like is, is Vivek Rasamwami. I, I like him a lot. Um, but I think Donald Trump absolutely has to debate. He must debate. What do you, what do you think he of, uh, and, and, and Greg, I I agree with you that Donald Trump, I believe that from a you bring up a very interesting point, which is you've got a guy who has an amazing record to run on as president. And I believe that there's no one running, obviously, right now within the Republican primary that that can match his his record because he's the only one who's been a president uh, up on that stage if they ultimately end up debating. So you do bring up a good point. Uh, as far as DeSantis goes, I, I agree with you. I just don't think that he wants to uh, – I don't think that he wants to link himself to Donald Trump. I don't think he needs to be a vice president. I think that DeSantis last, is going to have a lot to offer. Go ahead. One last thing. One last point. I think I think of all – Vivek Ratsamwami and Donald Trump have done two things. Donald Trump is by far the leader in this area. Donald Trump has told you why he wants to run. He's made it very clear. He has one of the greatest taglines ever in politics, and I'll butcher it this early in the morning, but they're coming after me to get to you. Yes. Donald Trump has based his whole campaign on being that person that's the lightning rod to protect your rights, because ultimately we are at danger, the people that want a classical liberal society. That's, that's the goal. Ron DeSantis hasn't done that. He, he, he's good at saying, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. And I love Ron DeSantis, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the proof is in the pudding down in Florida. But he has to tell us why. And he hasn't done that. And many people have made that comment. That DeSantis has not told the American people why he wants to run. Like, okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking you, Greg. So you're right. Trump has said... The reason why he wants to run is obviously, number one, make America great again. But number two, uh, they are going to get him so that they can come after us. And, of course, the proof there is what the DOJ did with the parents going to the school board meetings. And that is or the you know the DOJ going after the pro-lifers. I mean, all of that is proof that Trump marketing has always been, in my opinion, his strong suit. I'm trying to think of DeSantis has come out and said, as, as, to phrase it, phrase it the way that you are, why he's running. And, and I think that you're right. I don't think that he's actually come out with a, a reason, a good, solid reason, this is why I'm running. I'm sure that he has, Greg, and no offense, I, I, he must have at some point. And I, by the way, will tell you that uh, I do also like uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. That guy is amazing, and I appreciate the call. It is uh, Red Eye Radio, 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. At a roadside inspection, inspectors may ask to see supporting documents. A supporting document is a document generated or received by a motor carrier in the normal course of business that can be used by law enforcement to verify a driver's logs. 
These documents can include bills of lading, itineraries, schedules, or equivalent documents that indicate the origin and destination of each trip. They can also include dispatch or trip records, expense receipts related to on-duty slash not driving periods, including receipts for meals, lodging, and fuel, electronic mobile communication transmitted through a fleet management system, and payroll records, settlement sheets, or equivalent documents that indicate payment to a driver. Drivers using paper logs must also keep toll receipts. Supporting documents must contain the driver's name, carrier assigned identification number or vehicle unit number that can be linked to the driver, the date, the name of the nearest city, town, or village, and the time. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-907-3339. That's where we find Jeannie in Tennessee on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Jeannie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. I, I just wanted to call in just to say, you know, I I lived in Turkey for about almost 10 years, and I've come back to just a shocking reality of what's going on in America. And I'm a school teacher. You know, what happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic? We didn't have a problem. And and, and the, 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 the homosexual, gay, lesbian, yada, 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 whatever, it should not be taught in the schools. Our children should be learning to play in the, in the school grounds and learning how to play with each other and get along. This is uh, unbelievable, and I'm shocked at what's going on. And um, even my husband turned around and he said, baby, what, what's going on with America? Everybody here is laughing at America, and that's really the reality of it. They are laughing at us because we can't get our basics right. Well, when you when you look at uh, yeah, Jeannie, when you look at the challenges that you as a teacher have would have, I don't know if you're teaching now, but I mean, you've got a a completely different. um, What's the right way to put this priority? Your priority clearly as a good teacher and as somebody who genuinely cares about the kids, your priority is reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, stuff that matters. But for the Democrats, exactly. for the Democrats, it, it's all about indoctrination. You've got, you know, the 1619 project and all that other kind of stuff. And that is to the kids detriment because they need to know the basics. And, and these days, uh, Jeannie, I don't know if the kids I know the kids are not graduating, learning the basics. They may have a diploma, but oftentimes they don't have the basics down. Would you say that's true or false, uh, Jeannie? It's absolutely true. You know, one day I was I was at Chick-fil-A and there were a group of teenagers that were sitting near me and I write curriculum. I was writing some curriculum. So I was kind of listening in with them to see what was happening. Mm-hmm. And they turned around and told me um, and actually telling each other that they were graduating from high school and didn't have the skills. Yeah, you're right. That's what's happening.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. So I've been watching the, um, the count go up and up and up related to threads. Now, if you don't know what threads is, well, you know what Twitter is. Threads is Mark Zuckerberg's, you know, from Twitter, or I should say from Facebook. Uh, Zuckerberg's Twitter killer app, Threads, signs up more than 10 million people within hours of the launch as the Facebook boss, Zuckerberg, is now taunting Elon Musk with his first tweet in 11 years and boasts that his new platform, Threads, will get more users than Twitter's 450 million. You know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm thinking about this. And you know the, the back and forth, right, between Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg. You know, they were going to have this cage match, this fight, whatever it was. And ultimately, it comes down to social media. And so Elon Musk, a lot of people are saying that, that he has destroyed Twitter. Other people say he has saved Twitter. I'll let you, you know, be the judge of that. But there's been a lot of controversy with Elon Musk and some of the things that he has done to uh, Twitter, including, you know, limits on, uh, you know, how many uh, articles you can read and so forth or posts that you can read and and so forth. He just did that uh, over the last couple of days, if I remember right. I'm not on Twitter a lot, just to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not on social media all that much these days. But my question would be this. So if you were a victim, because I was, I was an absolute victim of shadow banning over on Facebook and also Twitter. And so that's why I'm really just not really all that uh, geeked up about social media by and large. But would you if you're a conservative. And I know that a lot of you are and you were shadow banned or perhaps banned on Facebook, well, then why in God's green earth would you jump over to uh threads if if this is going to be the same kind of crap that they're going to do over there because the one of the things that killed facebook for a lot of people is the shadow banning not only the shadow banning but if you've got a problem over at facebook if you've got a problem with your facebook account well then there's really no one you can call you can send an email into or i guess a note to some you know random link and you got to hope to god that they'll actually help you fix the problem i had a problem a couple of days ago still a problem they're just not helping me out with it so i don't know if mark zuckerberg is going to be able to beat twitter's 450 million uh users with this threads and i guess i don't know are you on threads i'm just sort of asking rhetorically but if you're on threads send me a note on facebook and tell me what you think you can send me an instant message you can send me a tweet as well whatever but i am just kind of curious because i'm not i'm just going to tell you i'm not enamored with twitter i i like elon musk but i'm not enamored with it i'm certainly not uh, or no longer am i enamored with uh, facebook i've got over fifteen thousand followers by the way you can follow me after all that at dan manda show but I am curious as to whether or not uh, you know, how you feel about threads. Now, I know that they're I should have probably they've got the signups 
but I don't know if it's actually active as of yet. This threads. I'll check it out here during the uh, the top of the hour. But you know the the whole battle between Mark Zuckerberg, you know, to the to the world's richest people, right? Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. And Elon, uh, he does. I'm just going to tell you, he's got his work cut out, cut out for him at uh, Twitter because he's got a lot of things that he needs to overcome. He may not have helped himself when he came in and, and fired everybody, which is, as you know, what he did. But you know what? It, it, he's got scoreboard. Guys run many, many successful companies. Elon Musk has. So anyway, I'll keep an eye on the whole Threads story, and maybe we'll have another update uh, tomorrow here on uh, Red Eye Radio. There's a couple of other stories I want to do just real quick. I thought this was fascinating, right? Earlier in the broadcast, we were talking about, of course, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, all of the corruption within the Biden family. Well, here's a uh, interesting headline. You ready? Now, realize Joe Biden has always said that he never spoke to uh, Hunter about his overseas business dealings. And now that, by the way, narrative has changed. Now it's, well, no, Joe Biden uh, never worked with Hunter on those foreign business dealings. Well, listen to this headline from Breitbart. Hunter Biden was CC'd on an email to then Vice President Joe Biden about a call with uh, the Ukrainian president. Now, why would Hunter be CC'd on that email as somebody who is not an official member of the uh, then the uh, Obama administration? I mean, why would Hunter be involved in that kind of a phone call? I think that's one of the more curious uh, questions about this story. Again, you're not going to see this on, you know, ABC, NBC, maybe CBS. A staffer for then Vice President Joe Biden CC'd Hunter Biden on an email to Joe about a scheduled call with former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko, a document released by the National Archives due to a freedom of information request shows. While Hunter Biden earned 83, this was during that time period, while Hunter Biden earned $83,000 a month, as a board member of Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian energy company, Joe Biden's assistant, a guy by the name of John Flynn, looped in Hunter on a scheduling email dated May 26th of 2016 about a call between Joe Biden and Poroshenko. The Washington Times reported the FOIA. Here's what Flynn wrote. This is, remember, the assistant. Boss, 8.45 a.m., prep for 9 a.m. phone call with President Poroshenko. Then we're off to Rhode Island for infrastructure event and then Wilmington for a University of Delaware commencement. They say, Nate, will have your draft remarks delivered later tonight or with your press clips in the morning. Then eventually the call took place and apparently there was Hunter. During the call, Joe Biden urged Poroshenko to reform Ukraine's prosecutor general office, the establishment media reported. Now, why is that important? Because remember, that's what the bribe, put that in air quotes, that's what the bribe was all about. You had Burisma and the dude who owned Burisma, 
who is employing Hunter Biden. Eighty three thousand dollars was his salary and eighty three thousand dollars a month was his salary. And he had no experience in that sector. But guess what? He had the ear of Vice President Joe Biden. And so during the call, I mean, God, this has quid pro Joe written all over it. Joe Biden urging Poroshenko to reform Ukraine's prosecutor general office. Well, that's the guy that Biden arranged to have fired. They say at the time, Burisma was under suspicion of money laundering and public corruption. So they talk about the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, investigated the case before his termination by Poroshenko due to pressure applied by Joe Biden, who threatened to withhold that billion dollars in U.S. aid from Ukraine if the Ukrainian government did not fire Shokin. So why would Hunter Biden be on that call? Or why would he be at the very least CC'd on an email to Vice President Biden about that call? But that whole thing, doesn't it just seem so incredibly seemly? And honestly, after we lived through the absolute hysteria and the insanity of Donald Trump when he made that phone call to Ukraine and people just absolutely freaked out. But nobody on the left, nobody in the media has anything to say about Hunter Biden being CC'd on an email regarding that particular phone call. And so that's why people look at this story and they think, well, you know what? It is just another indication that Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, there was influence peddling and corruption all along the way. 866-907-3339 is the phone number. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 866 Red Eye Rachel sent me a note on uh, the Facebook. I know it's Facebook. I'm just joking. Uh, she says, Dan, you got RFK Jr. gaining ground on Biden. So there does need to be a debate. RFK Jr., can I just say that I, um, <laughs> I think RFK Jr. is a... Um, is a candidate to contend with. And I think that he could pull, I mean, this is, may seem blasphemous for some of you folks, but I think that RFK Jr., he appeals to some conservatives too. I can't tell you how many conservatives I, I've spoken to who say that RFK Jr. really connects with them. And there's a lot of Democrats that like him as well. So anyway, Rachel, uh, she says you've got uh, RFK Jr. gaining ground on Biden. So there does need to be a debate. Trump, she says, if he gets in a debate, he might lose ground because the moderator may be against him. Like uh, she says, Chris Wallace was. Yeah, that that is a a fair point, I suppose. I, I don't know. I think 
I believe that Donald Trump at this point, he can handle himself in a debate. I, I do. I think that he can handle himself in a debate. But that being said, it's going to be fascinating to watch the debate over the debate. Right, because every, everybody wants uh, Donald Trump to debate, except for, of course, Donald Trump. By the way, I was uh, talking about um, Hunter Biden and uh, Joe Biden and how Breitbart has this story now about how the um, a, a Freedom of Information Act has now uncovered that Hunter Biden was CC'd on an email that his vice president dad at the time received regarding a phone call from the president of Ukraine and what was on the what was on the the list of things to talk about? What was on the call itinerary? Well, of course, the investigation into Burisma, of course, which is where Hunter was uh, serving on the board of with absolutely no experience. Now, I, I, I don't like to do what about ism or what if it was ism? I guess let's call it what if it was ism because that's what everybody likes to do, right? What if it was Donald Trump? What if it was Donald Trump? What if it? Well, I will tell you that if it was Donald Trump and the roles were reversed and you had, you know, Donald Trump Jr. And he's on the the board of some company where he has absolutely no experience. And and Trump came in and decided to withhold a billion dollars in funding from America unless the uh, investigation was scuttled. Oh, you know, they'd be calling for impeachment. Yes, you do. That is exactly what they would be doing. And see, that's all part of, of course, you know this. This is all part of the hypocrisy that we see uh, within the media. Now, Louisiana Senator, Louisiana Senator Ted Kennedy, uh, I should say John Kennedy, uh, says it is oftentimes, as it relates to Hunter and Joe Biden, it is the cover up and not the crime that people seem to remember. Listen, I guess I'd make two points. Number one, it's almost always the cover up and not the crime. And and number two, I'm repeatedly amazed at how many smart people there are in Washington, D.C. who have no sense. Look, I I don't know if Mr. Hunter Biden committed a crime. I I sure don't know if President Biden committed a crime. We're trying to get get the facts. But but I do know this, and I think the American people can see it. The, the Washington managerial elite, the establishment, if you will, is um, is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever happened. And that's all that Congress is asking for is the facts. Apparently now ugly strippers, by the way, are calling for the canceling of um, Senator Biden. I should say Senator Kennedy. See, that would have been funny if I didn't screw up the joke. 866-907-3339 is the phone number. 866-90-RED-EYE. My name is Dan Mandis, and you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Dan Mandis Show. I host a morning show, 6 to 10 Eastern, on Super Talk 99.7 WTN in Nashville, Tennessee. You can listen, if you like, at 99.7 WTN.com. Now, coming up in the next hour, it's all kinds of stuff that I still have to get to, and a lot of fascinating stories that are still out there, including... Yet another story about how we here in America, we have a a younger generation that simply and literally is not in fighting shape. And this is causing big problems for our military. Details straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.